0: För riffs! it for riffs. det är ett litet intro här right? hmm? mm-hmm.
1: Hello everybody, we're back. Welcome back to Riff Universe. Thank you for the intro, Ule. As usual, or not really as usual, we're on a Sunday today, so we're still experimenting mm. with days and times of recording. But almost as usual, it's me here, Jonathan, Jonathan, Yunis, whatever you want to say. And on the other side, Ule. how are you? I am good.
0: Everything has locked down as per usual. There is... Uh, or as it used to be here, it went really bad with the pandemic. So now all the beer selling places are closed.
1: Mm. But, I mean, beer <laughs> selling, mean? As beer serving places, I guess. Uh, no, beer,
0: se- uh, yeah, beer serving, but also after tw- uh, eight o'clock, you are not allowed to sell beer, uh-huh. even in stores like night shops or Albertine.
1: That's kind of, kind of interesting. Uh, why do you think that is? I think that drunk people hug more. If you, if you had to defend that rule, what would you say? If you were it wasn't your rule, but you were on the mission to to defend it. <laughs> I would say
0: drunk drunk people are friendlier and hug more. And if they're not oh, friendly, okay. they fight. And the fist connecting to the face that brings mm. COVID, as we all know. Um, I read an interview with uh, a guy who owns the beer taxi. <laughs> it starts very nice. It starts with. I could cry. I could have cried because he had 300 people calling uh one evening and he had simply had not enough beer. Otherwise he would be a millionaire, but uh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Should, have Should have prepared better. Prepared, better, prepared, better he could better. still sell it better. after 8. Beer taxi. Uh I don't know. The, the taxi things, I mean there are cocaine
1: taxis also. I think they're pretty illegal if yeah. I had to guess. Ah, okay, yeah. So he was—he <laughs> wasn't working within the perimeters of of these rules. Uh, so maybe no, but... So basically, you're saying that uh, the idea from from the government would be that uh, people should stay a little bit more sober, and that's why they sell it in a lesser extent. Yeah, yeah.
0: But also, you know, closing the um, uh, the restaurants because people are sitting too close and they're talking yeah. in each other's faces, and uh, yeah. And also, if you want to have a party at home, you can only be max. Uh, your family plus three people, mm-hmm. and uh, they can only come there once every day. You can max have three people in your home mm. every day w- and one time. Uh, I don't know <laughs> how well this is going to be uh, followed, but uh, interesting. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, how are things on your end? Are you even noticing corona? Not really, but we've had like the first report now of a second case, and it's the same person, the same vessel so to speak, uh, heading into another fit of Corona. So that it's like right. you can get it multiple times, apparently. But uh, yeah, still in my life, one of my closer friends had it now. And uh, he, was, uh, he was ready for it. And he was kind of wishing, wishing when he was sick that I, hopefully it's Corona so that I get it over with. But he yeah. said that, it, yeah, it was uh, tougher than he thought. He, he didn't have any sense of smell or taste for three weeks now, uh, which bothers him a lot. So yeah, I mean, we notice it. Yeah, yeah, of course, Uh, that's about it. And again, as we said before, dear listener, if you're listening in 2050 and this doesn't concern (laughs) you right now, you will probably know that right now it was kind of this all-encompassing situation thing that you kind of have to address. I mean, I'm not even into these types of topics, but it's still like you have to address it. And I get curious when I hear these rules from from the Dutch government and uh, why Mm. would they do that? Like, is it necessary or are they making maybe have a conservative margin? I don't know. But yeah, that's it for today, I guess, on, on Gain It For COVID.
0: <laughs> gain It For COVID. No, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, if it doesn't, it doesn't improve in three weeks now, they will go for a full lockdown, which we haven't had. Okay. Which would be extremely annoying, because I, then I don't know what's going to happen. But anyway, I think they can't stop us riffing anyway. Nope. So uh, why don't I start us off uh, with this week's first riff? Yeah, let's get into our riff. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs)
1: It's <laughs> uh, a kind of riff that you you feel that you've heard it before with this uh, shuffle or six eight and uh, this pentatonic style. It's quite appealing riff. I dig it, but I don't get any like uh, ringing bells uh, with titles or artists or anything All like right. that. Uh, Maybe a clue? Well,
0: yeah, if uh, you know the band, and uh, like a couple of weeks ago, you heard a uh, cover that they made of a. Uh, one of your favorite bands,
1: and you were really like, mm, mm, okay. "Wow, tasty cover!" Yeah, yeah, I was impressed by the cover because it was also one of the better songs with that band. I know you're referring probably to um, Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. cool band. Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats. Uh, I felt it was time to bring out uh, this old riff hog. Uh, for me, it it feels you know it's a current band, 2019. Uh, they were created under the moniker of uh, Uncle Acid, um, a uh, pseudonym uh, that uh, an alias that the lead band leader chose. So he was Uncle Acid, and his band were the Deadbeats. Uh, somehow he thought that was a good idea to be anonymous, but uh, since they're <laughs> the size of the band was never really aiming for a ghost, you know, the ghost crowd or no. something like this. It started to make less and less sense to be anonymous <laughs> on stage. Yeah. So they kind of dropped it. Uh, but they do have like a stage um, a scenography, you know, they build up like for one of their albums, The Night Creeper, they built up like an a dark uh, London Street with uh, cobblestone and li- lampposts and like a stalking murderer in the background <laughs> That's pretty cool. then, but way better than their first uh, stage uh, idea which was to have no lights on mm-hmm. it's just plain the darkness uh, then people started to leave <laughs> it sounds cool but yeah yeah I don't know
1: no yeah. lights I mean that does't anyway there's no sh- there's like <laughs> there's no contrast there yeah you know, it's just it's just plain no yeah exactly yeah classic good choice um, interesting band
0: yeah uh, yeah. there's a couple of things I want to bring up with them but uh, first like the the riffs of course they are leaning heavily uh, towards uh, retro uh, 60s 70s early 70s uh, rock yeah. I mean Black Sabbath of course but uh, they also talk about Beatles and uh, maybe Jefferson Airplane and stuff like this um, and a lot of uh, also in uh, kind of Later albums, they uh, their influences are also like uh, girl bands, like the Ronettes, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, with uh, some doo-wop uh, choir thing going on. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's not like the, yeah, the main thing. The main thing is that the, the riffs are heavy and heavily distorted, and the singer sings with this falsetto, which he also uh, pulls through a, um, a guitar amp yeah. with uh, some distortion to get this effect uh, which I mean it was kind of striking the first time I heard um, uh, heard them that it sounded a bit o- uh, otherworldly like uh, yeah okay when was this made it was for once it was really hard to determine you know when is this made uh, or I mean it could be a throwback it could be
1: old but it was just like
0: mm, yeah this is tasty. It's very tasty. Yeah,
1: tasty is my <laughs> new. And it they do all the have time. a unique <laughs> sound, right? Uh, just to uh, clarify, the the cover was a uh, Rem- uh, cover of Remember Tomorrow by uh, from Iron Maiden's first album. And uh, yeah. I, I always felt when I listened to that, especially live versions of it, that this is not like this kind of psychedelic Iron uh, Maiden. Like uh, this is clearly seventies mm. sounding, and uh, they really yeah. kind of honed in on that in, in the song. It wasn't the first uh, uh, like creation I've heard of uh, of Acid. But uh, i Probably not the last. No. First cover. Yeah, first, uh, it was the it, first it cover wasn't the first song. time I heard the band, yeah. But uh, I was impressed nope. that they really honed in and maybe even uh, kind of... Um, uh, augmented or yeah kind of put the lights on the psychedelic part of the song and I noticed immediately that Mm. this this vocals they they must be coming through an amp or something like that I heard that and I haven't like um, uh, verified that until now that that you say it but it it totally makes sense and and it is a cool sound of the band and uh, definitely kind of honing in on maybe the era that I've been into lately like last year which is late 70s and early 80s when everything is Mm. mishing and mashing and you get the you can have the you know, the girl choirs, and you can have a bit of punk, but also it's psychedelic and maybe even danceable. Uh, that's that's where, I, where I start, anyway, with this band.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, so the song I played now uh, was Over and Over, which I think was the it was one that sounds most like Black like Sabbath. Let's, let's hear a little bit from it again. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like it's uh, it's tuned down to um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, three steps, three half steps, mm. uh, not C sharp, three steps <laughs> to C sharp. Yeah, exactly. So you get that Sabbath feel, and um, but I actually today I'm just uh, transposing them on a E standard, but I'm playing them, you know, as they're supposed to. Mm. Uh, because I figured out you can do that as well. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> you know, like sometimes I, I tune down the guitar, like for down, for instance, uh, to get that chunkiness because there are a lot of zeros, a uh, lot of uh, pedal notes. Yeah. But here you can actually skip the pedal notes in uh, yeah. some of the songs and it works pretty all right. You just have to.
1: Yeah. transpose uh, down three half steps. it's actually pretty smart from a just from an uh, from a logistic perspective for a band I've done that I've, I have this down band and then I, I get an idea that is nicer a uh, little bit brighter, a little bit higher up and then you think like oh, that's a pain to bring a second guitar on the road. maybe I can just transpose this up and I can have this this uh, this riff for this song that isn't really relying on those lowest notes notes, but you can yeah. still play it down tune so you don't have to bring. A ton of guitars or pitch uh, altering pedals and uh, that's a pain exactly so, yeah. so it's, it's just smart from uh it's just uh using your resources in a smart way i think to do that
0: mm.
1: yeah and I, i'm
0: sitting here with one guitar yeah one, guitar. <laughs> one uh right now you know so it's uh the the tuning up and down is uh, can be a bit risky because then you can really lose tuning fast yeah um as we remembered uh or as i i recall now nick drake having to retune his guitar on stage having mm. one guitar on the tour yeah <sighs> not a good idea <laughs> different good idea. Uh, 20 different tunings yeah uh, anyway um i thought it was uh, just interesting to bring like this band that came out uh 2009 uh, quite close i uh, think to to which uh coming out yeah. uh, and ghost
1: earlier which we talked about uh a yeah, GOAT 2000, yeah, uh, yeah Ghost. maybe Ghost. nice. Similar era, er, yeah, similar era to Ghost. Yes, uh, Ghost, Sim-
0: like this, d- uh, this similar uh, style, I yeah. would say. I was uh, thinking a bit about other bands like Danava, Letcher's Gaze, yeah. uh, Gentleman Pistols. A lot of these bands came out at the same time, and they're often on um, uh, TP Records mm. uh, or um, which one? Uh, Actually, I don't know which. Uh... Anyway, who cares? Yeah. Uh, they're on the same type of labels. They play the same uh, festivals. Roadburn in uh, Tilburg, for instance. Yeah, um, Hellfest, I guess. Um, they really become these like touring bands that people really like to drink beer to and uh, listen to because you know they make kind of they go somewhere with the sound. Also, it's not just uh, retro all the time, but they make kind of catchy songs. And uh, good riffs, I think. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the only time I saw them live, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, it, was a uh, if, it was very quiet. It was very quiet because of Swedish uh, rules. Yeah. The decibel was really low, and that destroyed the whole feel for me. I, I felt that they were really like, yeah, they were. They came out in masks because it was uh, Halloween, mm-hmm. and then the people, yeah, okay, that's funny, all right. Uh, let's drink beer, and <laughs> they start riffing. And you hear the the plucking of the strings acoustically, mm, oh, yeah. like uh, over the distortion, and you hear the beer glasses, you know, <laughs> uh, clinking together, yeah. or even like I can hear my friend talking to me in a normal. Vo-
1: I mean, that's it doesn't. It's a wrong you shouldn't do that with this type of band it yeah. needs to be loud yeah, i really agree and even like when i saw patty smith uh, i remember a couple of years back in gronolunde it was uh, very quiet so that you, you couldn't really speak to your to your uh, company without speaking over the music which is oh. you know, it doesn't work even she's not in a heavy metal context at all but it should still be loud enough so that it kind of in my i guess in my opinion the concert sound should really take over the the audio landscape of the entire venue Otherwise, sure. it's a bit odd, yeah. But uh, to go to the era of, of like uh, late uh, '00s, I could say, you could say I guess, or early '10s. Uh, I, I think it was good in rock because it's been it had been maybe ten years of a lot of these stoner acts and retro acts, and they were all kind of becoming samey. And then it ventured yep. into maybe slightly more '80s, uh, slightly more theatrical again with bands like Ghost and uh, and, and this band. Uh, uh, in Solitude, among other bands, and I think it was a fresh a fresh breath, it uh, was necessary, and then, now it's even more 80s, So it's headed on in that direction, and for me it's good. Mm. That's what I dig, and you still have the, 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 the still stoner, kind of, right? Yeah, I wouldn't say these,
0: the, these guys are maybe you hear it, but you hear it, but I, I wouldn't say 80s for
1: uh, Uncle Acid. But no, no, they're, more they're 70s, more 60s. 60s, even 50s in there, but I guess the theatrics. Mm. Uh, you know, um, uh, move, yeah, yeah, yeah away from. A, me. I
0: mean, it it does. Uh, it, it also, yeah, I think it relates a lot to Iron Maiden, also in a way. Uh, this kind of uh, also kind of punky attitude, doing something with the voice like Paul Diano did. Uh, kind of yeah. First albums. I
1: mean, we'll we'll return to Iron Maiden, I guess. Post punk as well, like uh, bands like uh, Joy Division or things like this. Mm. Uh, they get into, get into that a little bit, so it's for me it's more exciting than playing plain stoner with uh, jeans and uh, marijuana leaves everywhere. Uh, it's, it's less yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But as you uh, say, it's not '80s. It's not really '80s. Uh, it's more like it was part of that wave when you could make uh, more theatrical uh, retro metal again. I guess something like that.
0: I'm gonna play uh, another riff from their second album here. I mean, it's uh, also this uh, inverted chords. The thirds. Uh, kind of. Uh, yeah. Uh, Those kind of. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, and, and um, you know, playing uh, with. The, oh, <laughs> <laughs> disharmony is not what it's called. Uh, dissonance? But you know what I mean. I mean, dissonance. Yeah, uh, yeah the thirds. I mean,. It's uh, I don't know where I was going with that. It's just uh, like um, uh, taking all the best parts, I would say. Uh, kind of what, what you were going for there with the stoner bands, uh, kind of all sounding like
1: uh <laughs> You know exactly (laughs) like we did. Yeah, exactly. Our riff, but or my riff, actually. But uh, anyway, (laughs) it was uh, uh, a lot was going towards that, and a lot was going towards these maybe easy, easy subject matters and this easy vibe that becomes boring in a while. You know, after a while, at least for me, I need a little bit of uh, drama in there. Exactly. So uh, yeah, uh, Uncle Acid,
0: their second album, which was the first one I heard, and uh, the over and over is from that one. Uh, it's called Bloodlust and it's really inspired like uh, Black Sabbath were inspired by hammer horror films uh, from the 40s and 50s uh, or 60s even Uh, Christopher Lee and this stuff as Dracula this B horror and then uh, third album Night Creeper is kind of uh, you know taking a page out of um, or getting inspired by Jack the Ripper and making the whole new story around that and then uh wasteland and mind control i think they're called i mean they're also going for something um a futuristic something uh, like a sci-fi uh, story almost like our friends in the sword you know making mm-hmm. a whole concept album yeah and i mean why not i think i think that's also good uh we're getting some good lyrics uh for this kind of this this kind of music you know because i think they have they have quite a large fan base, and I know these fans are kind of hardcore in like you know dis- um, coming uh, dissecting the lyrics and deciphering you know uh, the song order and stuff like that. So there's like a pretty good hype in between every record. Uh, I think they're playing that well, and haven't even mentioned his name, but uh, main man, uh, lead guitarist and singer is called Kevin Starr. He was also no, Kevin Stars, known as Uncle Acid, um but now he goes by his own name. Yeah, Kevin Star uh i was just like is are you there yeah. i was like, no, I'm talking I'm uninterrupted often in this uh, recording of this podcast that's when i when i've talked for five minutes that's when your <laughs> yeah. the skype goes down
1: and we have to restart and yeah. it starts with uh what did you say i was like oh yeah, usually for the listeners i save what you said uh initially and then I just try, what I try to do if this happens, uh, it's annoying when it happens, but what, what, what I try to do is just, I want to know where you were so I can cut myself in. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: exactly. Um, yeah, it, it, have you seen them lie? Have you seen
1: Uncle Acid? I haven't uh, lied. Actually, yeah. Which is strange because uh, like it, I feel like I've been kind of uh, hovering, or circling around in, in the areas where they would be mm-hmm. playing, in the venues and the yeah. festivals where they would be, and, and it's a band that I would have liked to see. And... But somehow, no, and that's probably also the reason why I don't know this band that well. I just know that yeah. uh, I have um, like a selection of friends from different groups uh, that like this band, so I can kind of calculate in my head that it's probably good. You know, if you have one friend that likes it, it could be a, a lucky mistake for the band or, or for the friend. But uh, when you have uh, one here, one there, one there, and they're all uh, kind of raving about it, it's probably good. So it's one of those bands that I I feel that. Uh, must be a good band without really knowing if it is.
0: Yeah, exactly. I know. I hope to uh, catch them live when all this is over. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's getting a bit. I, I I haven't I haven't been like ever looking forward so much to going to a concert as I'm doing now. I, really, I could go see anything. It yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> I just want to go see live music. Yeah. and drink beer. You know, with friends. <sighs> wow. It was. Feels like really long ago, and uh, yeah, don't it, with with what's going on here. It feels uh, uh, like uh, well, I'm very happy that we have this uh, moment every now and then when we record uh, for you, dear listener, uh, once every week. Which yeah. uh, I think we're we're still keeping up the schedule, even though <laughs> we have to, yeah, you know, like uh, really start recording. Yeah, it's more direct yeah. now. It's
1: more, more you hear us in current. Current, almost real time, almost real time. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it it work. works so far so good. Uh, we have to watch yeah. out, though, if it, uh, if some kind of family holiday comes up or something, and then we should be ready mm. with an extra episode yeah. so that we can be out every week. And uh, yeah, exactly. just to address about gigs, I think it was quite a while before COVID hit that I, I was tired of rock gigs, and I didn't go too many. And uh, I kind of put it to rest for a bit. And then I started to get interested again. And obviously, now my interest is peaking because there's been none. Uh, I've played two with these restricted audiences. And even that was like, yeah, this is actually nice. You know, live music is yeah. probably necessary. <laughs> you know, it's not li- really a novelty. It's part of, it's, it's a basic part of living, I think, to have a little bit of live, live entertainment at least.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, like I'm now uh doing a lot of a lot of uh, doing research for this show uh, li- listening to other podcasts with bands and uh, you know uh looking at youtube interviews and uh, sometimes oh quite often you come over this uh <laughs> these poor guys from two thousand and nineteen talking about their big first uh summer tour of two thousand and twenty yeah. We're doing all the festivals, man all over europe and then we're going to australia <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it just didn't happen and uh yeah it's really sad uh i, I but I, w- I wanted to do a shout out um to uh, this um these guys on in- uh, the internet you know like bigger bands and well-known bands that are playing together you know making songs uh, and especially i i enjoy 2 minutes to late night this uh, i sent you some videos over that but um, they're making covers of all kinds of songs you have like uh, Dancing Snakes of Christ I think they do a pretty good cover with people from Baroness and uh, then you have Mastodon is playing a lot of the songs and uh, and so on it's just I I like this type of thing but uh, I wouldn't want this to be the future entirely you know I need my gigs
1: I need my gigs yeah for sure We all do, I guess. Uh, I think it's just, again, live entertainment, I think it's been around for so long, way before there was an industry for it, you know, with, uh, you know, fireside stories or or whatnot. You know, it's it's kind of part of what we do that sometimes you sit back and someone has prepared entertainment and it's a win win situation. And I think Mm. uh, more and more people are kind of landing within that now. And I talked to my father the other day and he, he started to uh, subscribe to a streaming service for Bear Valdhalen here in in Stockholm, uh, oh, yeah. had, like uh, classic concerts. He started to subscribe and pay for that, and I think that's a good thing. That because they have all these resources and no one can come, <laughs> so it's good that they're at least trying exactly. to. And he's he's quite old; he's pushing seventy, and still like uh, at least exploring new ways to to enjoy live music. So I think I, I like that. Everyone needs I like it, that. I think. Yeah. I also like
0: really feel like now it's now is about time to uh, um, to play live again like uh, like we used to do or I've done and uh, really set something up. I made a, a performance where I was singing earlier this year in January, and I thought, oh, this is so great bringing in uh, music again. Uh, the, it was in an art context, but uh, I mean, whatever. It's just uh, nice to do. Yeah. And then uh, it kind of oh. The, that, that feeling just stopped because everything stopped. Yeah. But now I feel like, ah, oh, I could do something somehow and maybe make music videos. I like that, putting up music videos of myself.
1: Yeah, <laughs> why not? Um, it's, it's the same for me. I had two gigs and I already want more more gigs. It doesn't even really matter yeah. what I play. I, I want to play on stage, really, mm, at this nice. point. And I hope it will be possible. We can do small gigs, but I hope it will be possible with almost back to normal, you know, It's probably tougher for the big acts like Metallic or Iron Maiden. How are they going to do it? Because so many people uh, are drawn uh, they have a a huge attendance. Like it's easier for me if probably in a year it will be possible to have 250 people standing holding beers. I think that's that's quite a small mountain to climb. But but, uh, like a full stadium, that seems really, really distant right now.
0: Yeah, but also everyone who's dependent on those big bands who work, uh, you know, building the stage, uh, working the sound and the mixer and the lights and everything. Yeah. Um even on smaller with smaller bands, you know, like uh, you know, in every venue like you used to do, there was a the sound guy, you know, that that, yeah. that guy is out of work. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's no yeah, it's um it's serious business. Uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. we can do something on Gain It for Riffs to, uh, to change this. Uh, we'll think of something. Uh, think we definitely should. Gain it for and live. Yeah. Sorry? Gain it for live again. <laughs> gain yeah. it for live. Uh, which we should do very soon. Uh, I have uh, one more story though from uh uh this this uh the the first song I think that that kind of broke uh that broke the band. Uh into the mainstream, or yeah, whatever goes for the mainstream in uh, like a uh rock club on uh, on a dark uh street in Amsterdam with uh pukes hell <laughs> a vomit outside and uh, way too young people being served at the bar. I mean, uh, there was this song, uh, "I'll Cut You Down," which uh, starts with this intro of a man or someone. Flicking, uh, changing uh, TV channels and like looking at um, uh, different shows, and it's just like uh, sound clips. And one of them is uh, Lois from Family Guy saying something. And I think that was really smart. And there there was really like 2009, Family Guy was at its peak. Yeah. Uh, And to use that and such a short clip that they um, it would just pass. You know, it wasn't too much. It was just like you know could go under the parody or uh, fair use. And they use it in the intro and it kind of sticks uh, because everyone knows her nasally voice and then the riff starts and it's really good uh, unfortunately this the starting riff uh, i can't play because it's uh, it uh, involves uh, a pedal note um, which i can't really retune but it, it then uh, it goes into this this piece and uh, i have a story with it let's see Yeah, I was, uh, I was at Soundgarden, which uh, when I moved to Amsterdam in uh, 2012, it became my favorite place. Uh, because there was a, such a cool DJ playing there every night. Uh, she was called Trish Trash. And the first <laughs> night I was there, I was drunk out of my mind and I heard this uh, family guy voice. Yeah, <laughs> I was just drunk and I thought it would be cool to go over and say like, hey isn't that one for family guys voice doing stuff <laughs> she was like yeah it is do you know the band and I was like yeah but I don't I do know the band I heard the song it's like yeah it's uh, it's Uncle acid and, she, and I, I kind of saved the whole thing because I was, I was about to make <laughs> a fool out of myself it. but then we became friends and we she took me to a lot of gigs and now she started a festival. Um uh, yeah I mean she's one of these people who have to really uh work hard now but she started a festival in Amsterdam that uh yeah grew uh quite a lot. Uh now I'm trying to remember the name but I'll uh, I'll do a shout out later when I remember. Uh anyway, I think it was just like this uh this song really like uh how do you say the it it uh, resounded through the ether with this smart sample the sample and this very you know uh, old school uh, riff which is kind of monotonous but yeah. anyway it just works but the, I, w- I would have to say the singing is really good on this track and the like the it's really like uh, harrowing lyrics uh, <laughs> blood curdling you know <laughs> uh, also delivered with this fantastic falsetto through a uh, guitar amp yeah
1: um, and all those riffs, yeah. all these riffs that you've played, uh, I, I was thinking uh, during the last one, I was thinking like what what uh, kind of what marks them. And I think they are uh, non-forced, uh, as I often say. I don't like things that are forced or feel like overthought. Uh, I get this vibe yeah. that they are not thinking too much when they're writing riffs, which some yeah. uh, some guitarists or bands, they benefit from overthinking the riffs and, and trying to make them yeah. maybe put flares in them. But these are kind of no frills. Uh, honest riffs, uh, to recite you from last week. That this sounds c- quite honest, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's not really that hard to um, to uh, get in on the groove. I think so. They kind of, if no. their mission is to put up an atmosphere, they are good at it because it's Definitely. very atmospheric. Yeah, for sure. Um
0: well, I'm happy uh, bringing them to uh, your attention and the attention of you, dear listener. Uh, I would just like to close off with uh, the main riff, sure, of my week. <laughs> Right.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Cool. Nice to nice to touch upon them. It, I think it was about time. And uh, still, I was thinking about <laughs> that the other week that we haven't done uh, redone a band yet. There's a lot of bands, Ooh. and artists to cover. Really, I, I haven't really even, even had the urge to do another Black Sabbath one. As for now, yeah, I, I thought about that as well. I mean, we had Dio twice, but I mean, those
0: bands I think are uh, quite different yeah. and. Uh, Hoping we can also bring in some. Oh, we actually had uh, a kind of half-featured 3D bands. I felt like yeah. Uh, uh, we talked a lot
1: about Black Sabbath also, and uh, Black Sabbath with Dio, his yeah. own Solar Project, and Rainbow, of course. Yeah, I was listening again today too. I when I got my hands on on the original pressing of of Mob Rules, I really like noticed how <laughs> great it sounds. Uh, it's, a, it's a very nerdy thing or maybe even stupid to say that you want to hear, hear it from the original pressing but somehow it sounds different to me it could be placebo I don't know but I've been listening to that mm. almost every day now and showing different people nice. like, listen to how awesome this is uh, Sign of the Southern Cross <laughs> or uh, uh, the title track Mob Rules you know if, and Dio sings on it it's such a good thing <laughs> it's, just, it's yeah, no joke yeah. uh, even during all this time we've had to kind of uh, process how good he is I still get surprised sometimes, like, whoa, that was that was cool. <laughs> but that said, I'm not on DO today. Uh, this is in no way related to DO, but um, it connects to what you said with the uh, fans that uh, really analyze lyrics and and the concepts uh, on a on a very particular level or nerdy level. Uh, this band has okay. also been subject to that quite a bit. And, um, Interesting. Yeah, uh, let's try this riff. <laughs> Tool, I have to guess. If
0: I have to guess, it's Tool.
1: Yeah. Uh, they have a characteris- characteristic sound, right? It's pretty easy to spot when uh, there's Tool. Definitely. The um, uh,
0: uh, uh, yeah, I w- could, could guess the song, but I- I'm not going to guess it. Uh, it's probably
1: going to be wrong. But is it
0: from the Lateralus album?
1: Yeah, it is actually. I think it's... Uh, yeah, okay. It's actually one of those songs that, if you guess a random Tool song, you're probably right because it is Lateralis off of Lateralis. Uh, the, yeah, the yeah
0: that's what I thought. But yeah. I, I, get, I, I, go, I, I don't know. I, I thought, okay, it could be something else, but probably it is. Yeah. Because um, I, I was heavy into Tool uh, around a little bit later after Lateralis came out, but I did get that one and uh, Anima. And okay. I listened to them yeah. a lot, actually.
1: Yeah, it's uh, cool. Very, very, very good. For me, it was, uh, for for me, me it was uh, a good friend of mine, Christian. Uh, he got super into them. And it was too early for me, so I didn't really get it. And he was like, yeah, it's so good. And bringing out uh, Anima and uh, Lateralis and also the first couple of albums under Tao and uh, an EP before that. And uh, I didn't really get it. Uh, another, one riff here and there I liked. I liked this tune when I heard it the first time with the heartbeat on that clean riff. It's very atmospheric, oh, yeah. like... Uh, <laughs> and then it, it kind of continues like that because um, it has this theme of um, anatomy or, or the body and uh, how it works. and. In the constitution of a of a human body, so that's why this uh, this heartbeat or you know the vertebrae or whatever you want to call it uh, oh, yeah. kind of works in context of this title track, uh, and I like that at first at first glance. And then uh, for me, maybe it was too new metal at the time because anything that sounded too much like new metal or too much like power metal had to go out the window. Uh, you know, you you're a little bit more at least I was a little bit more into <laughs> cat- categories when I was younger. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to uh, stain your music taste with the wrong, I don't know, wrong genre or whatever.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I, I definitely know what you mean. I mean, it is uh, very, um, uh, very sensitive uh, subject matter. This bringing in a new band in the fold. You know, when you have your, you have your Iron Maidens, you have your Metallica's, you have your Pantera's, and then all of a sudden there is the Tool, Tool album that wants to get bought with for your hard-earned. Uh, money that you get from your parents. You know, that yeah, it's uh pretty yeah, much it's a tough sell. I mean that's uh and especially I think tool I mean you, you get into them you start really appreciating the um, yeah the weird time signature. I think Lateralis was like based on the Fibonacci sequence.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: math. Math thing math. which I don't understand. No, <laughs> but uh, actually neither people, neither people does
1: smarter the band. than me does. Neither does the band. <laughs> I, before, I, <laughs> I, before I started this, I saw an interview with a uh, in, uh, Joe Rogan podcast with uh, Maynard James Keenan, a singer of, 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 mm. um, of Tool, and um, it was quite interesting. Uh, he, he first said that um, he asked him what's his approach when he's writing, uh, when he has an idea, like uh, how does he know to which project it's going to go, because he had other uh, quite good projects, uh, A Perfect Circle, yeah. uh, Pussifer, to name the biggest. And uh, he said that he doesn't really write uh, melodies or lyrics before there's music. So he sits with the music. And, uh, in, in, and uh, you know, in that way, he knows which band he's writing for. And yeah. when it comes to this band, uh, this song, uh, Lateralis, they found that they could find this Fibonacci sequence of, of rhythm within the, um, the riff, uh, which he couldn't yeah. remember if it was a riff from the bass player Justin Chancellor or from the guitarist Adam Jones. But, uh, this distorted uh, this part. Uh, with the it goes with um, first nine um, eight, then eight eight, and then seven eight, which somehow fits into the Fibonacci sequence. But he, when he recited it in the interview, he said, "Like I might be wrong now. I don't remember clearly." And he did cite it wrong. <laughs> you know? It's decided the wrong order of the notes. So as I said, neither do they really. And then he said that he felt a little bit silly about incorporating this uh, sequence and being (laughs) all mathy about it, and that this sequence is supposed to uh, to mirror a natural sequence, something that is not supposed to be so thought through. You know, apparently you can see it in sunflowers and a little bit everywhere in nature. It has this sequence of one plus one, so the next step is two, and then it's two plus one, uh 3 yeah. and then 3 plus 2 5 uh 5 plus 3 8 and so forth something like that anyway it is it, it's, it, very often it comes if you're on
0: reddit or uh, you're on any social media it just comes up now and then like oh this this thing is arranged uh, according to the fibonacci sequence and there's this spiral yeah. going outwards and it might be often there it's a uh, uh a a shell from the beach or like a comet in the sky or oh you heard, today I learned that the song Lateralis was written after the Fibonacci sequence because uh, they were really into math and they got yeah. really good grades yeah so I mean it's uh, but it's okay I I, I I appreciate it you know I mean this it's it's also it's also uh, humbling uh, uh, or uh, it shows humility that he can also you know later kind of look back and be like, yeah, not that cool. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that. It's okay. I mean, like that, okay. You know? I mean wh- whatever. I mean, it's hard to write a good song, right? If you get, like, uh, math to help you out, I mean, that's just... Yeah, I applaud it.
1: Yeah, I think I like it too, yeah. And I like that he keeps, I guess, revalu- <laughs> revaluating it. He's not just sitting on a throne of math genius Maynard James Keenan, you know. <laughs> and the the lyrics are divided in this black, then white... Are all I see in my infancy and so forth. So he's doing the the syllables in accordance with the Fibonacci sequence, which I guess oh, is yeah, quite yeah. clever actually, and it also sounds good. That's a kind of my point of defense, I guess, if I was to defend this this method, is that in the end it also sounds good. So it's not yeah. Really I mean, forcing. it's got it's, if you base it on on something that uh, looks like it's
0: uh, you know sticks sticks together very well in nature and it's everywhere, it's gonna sound good. Yeah, you know, it's it's. It's not just jumping all over the place on the guitar neck. It's kind of sticking to something. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) but it's an interesting take. Yeah, it's an interesting take. And to get back to what happened after I didn't really get tool, I brought along for for a trip. I brought along their discography in MP3 and listened to it in my old phone. And uh, it was one particular night when uh, my traveling company was fast asleep, and I wasn't really that tired. So I had to kind of sit up, and there was no natural lights or anything. So I was sitting in the dark in this clay house, listening to yeah. to laterales, and then something actually happened, uh, which has stayed with me since then. And it was a very pleasant feeling of uh, a completely natural sense within body and mind. So it's, now we're getting hippie-ish here for real. <laughs> but okay, was, okay. and also like kind of my you know my enemies within quotes, uh, I started to forgive them. Like ah, they have their reasons, I'm sure. And it was a very nice feeling, very elevating, and and. Uh, Calm feeling, uh, listening to oh. this to this album, and and the, since then that that vibe has stuck with me. So it's become one of my my favorite bands, and um, especially this album, which I believe is one of the few like uh, classic level rock albums of the 2000s, on on a level where I would put things like Sardin' Pepper or something like that. So I think it's it's a very good album, well thought through lyrically, thematically, and I think they all have their own stick in the band, kind of you know main artists known as a legendary douche, <laughs> a legendary douchebag. You know, he's <laughs> he's not, he, he has some balls. He's not a scared guy. And uh, then you have Adam Jones, a kind of quiet guitarist, who is um, also a, a graphic artist. He works within that, and he used to do that in both digitally, uh, mostly digitally, I think. So he has another yeah. vibe, and he's kind of, It's a bit like Alec Lifeson, Alex Lifeson, that he's not the virtuos of the group, even though he's the lead guitar. He kind of sits back a little bit. He's the least... I guess the least hard to imitate of the band, and then you have on drums Danny Carey, which is uh, uh, yeah, legendary. Good, it's just super good drummer. You can make the weirdest sequence sequences sound pretty groovy and uh, gets continuous in a way that uh, Neil Peart also could, but more groovy yeah. I would say, even more groovy. And then also I have to mention uh, Justin Chancellor on the bass. He came in for this album and. For me, that really changed up the sound. It elevated the sound. The guy before was great, but he was more of this guitarist playing bass with a pick, uh, kind of a hard, yeah. hardcore band style. And then they bring in a British, guitar, a British bassist from like a prog background. And he has a way of coloring the songs. And sometimes you don't know if the riff is on the bass or on the, on the guitar um, in a way that really kind of pushes what you can do with three, three instrumentalists. So it's a good band. I was wondering I was curious if you had another riff by them as well. Yeah, actually only one more, but I do have one more. Yeah. So and it's from Once. the from the album prior. Uh, and it it, it is a good example to show a different side of it. Like. <laughs> which is more of a dancing style riff, like uh, this yeah. heavy, heavy back-leaning. And it's from um, Hooker with a Penis, which is a very yeah. different song in most ways to Lateralis. Also a good song, actually. Spe- he's speaking about like some encounter with a fan that was uh, uh, pointing at him for, for selling out. And the main point of the song is that uh, I sold out way before you even knew of me, <laughs> which you know I, I like the topic. It's kind of a little yeah. bit cocky, I guess. And, and the title, where where does that come in in the story? I don't know. I guess that's my least favorite part of the song, <laughs> <laughs> title. <laughs> but it's nicely uncomfortable. I guess hooker with a penis. Yeah. I, I don't know when. Okay. I don't know. I think they like to put in this vulgar stuff to kind of, I guess, to to contrast the the obvious uh, pretentious nature of this band. And uh, I can I can see that. I can understand why they want to do that, uh, to uh, you know, yeah, to contrast it and maybe uh, fend off some of the some of the most um, pretentious analysis out there, you know. You don't have to analysis, analyze this song with uh, ancient math because the song is called Hooker with a Penis. <laughs> high and low, I guess. They're trying to get high and low. But that album overall is more angry, more uh, street-level kind of uh, aggression, and whereas Lateralis goes into this introspective uh, vibe. That was, um, yeah, it was easy for me to connect to after 10 years of trying. Yeah, so for they, sure. They have good lyrical content. It's, uh, even if you like, even if you feel that they might be a little highbrow or von Orbán or whatever you want to call it, uh, it's still entertaining and interesting stuff. So, uh, I mean, uh, I wouldn't be pissed off if I didn't get it at once. Because again, the band is not even that informed. You <laughs> know, they're exploring. I feel that they're quite a, more of an explorative band than an explaining band. If that makes any sense. Uh, sure. Uh, it,
0: I mean, it's you could. I mean, you could. Uh, especially when you listen to uh, Maynard James talking nowadays. Uh, I, I saw some interview with him. I don't know if it was Joe Rogan or something. It just he came off as quite pretentious uh, sure. in many ways. Uh, which, which he kind of he gets away with it. I mean, uh, Perfect Circle is probably one of my favorite bands, also from the same era. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have to return to them. I mean, uh, this—I just—I don't know if my guitar survives uh, a drop A tuning or whatever
1: (laughs) they play. You know, it's—it's way down there. Yeah, it's low. Um, It's interesting, also, how how that came to be—that it was the guitar tech of Tool, and he—he kind of approached Maynard and like, "Uh, I've got a few riffs. You know, (laughs) you know, very carefully approached him. And Maynard, uh, unlike the rest of Tool, he's not—he's not like overweighted with the workload because he's waiting for the instrumental songs to be finished, as he said, 95% oh, yeah. finished. And then he comes in and does a great job. But he's he is not really like uh, down in the mines uh, hacking coal, so he has time. And he said to these guitarists, like, I like the riffs. Let's let's put something together. And that band is is pretty good. Like, uh, it could be uh, definitely as big as Tool, I think. Uh, If it uh, had the room for it, or you know, I guess Tool maybe is more uh, unique in a way, and a perfect circle is more uh, uh, just a rocking band. Yeah,
0: it's a rock band, but they're they're interesting. uh, I think in just um, uh, the layers that they put in the production is extremely good. I think I really like that guitar player also. Uh, Yeah, but um, I was thinking. Yeah it was uh, it, last year i think it was maybe one of my greatest disappointments was the when well, you had waited for i don't know how many years but then the tool finally dropped uh, an album new album yeah fair enough uh, i think it's the it was the most boring experience i ever had hmm. listening to an album uh,
1: i'm sorry to say i mean i can uh, understand what did you that. think about it yeah i can understand that and i've heard the same from quite big tool fans that they were not impressed or they were bored with it but for me it really worked uh, as an album mm. uh, i think it's the second best album they made uh, for me uh-huh. uh, and i really dig it but i you know i kind of amped up the listening session we had a countdown to it i went to went well, i went and bought the the physical album for a ton of money <laughs> I share it with, yeah. I share it with a friend but we still paid 70 euros each <laughs> for that album why did it comes with why did it cost L- that did it cost that much yeah it comes with this, this uh, inbuilt LSD screen and uh, with a video on it and <sighs> special packaging but you know it's just really I mean actually probably not worth it but uh, I, I really enjoy <laughs> the album and it's interesting he doesn't scream on the entire album which I like uh, keeps a different tone uh, and also, yeah. there's not too much singing. It's maybe 10, 15% of the duration of the playing duration uh, when he actually sings. So, yeah, I understand if it was a letdown, but uh, for me, it wasn't. Uh, I really liked it.
0: I, I can uh, get the experience of buying
1: a, a small uh, t- uh, television. That's always yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told my friend, like, uh, uh, this is clever marketing because what, what are people buying these days? Not music yeah. CDs, but maybe maybe people are buying a lot of useless electronics. (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense. It's easier to sell useless electronics than music. I think you're right.
0: Um, What? uh, I mean, okay. Tool, I mean, they're they're really big. This is a really big band. Yeah. I would say. And I think... uh, I don't know what you think, but like in a way, everything speaks against them being a really big band. Uh, they have a, a lot of time signature changes. Yeah. Um, there is, uh, you know, uh, titles like "Hooker with a Penis." You know, sure. not really mainstream. Um, they're using uh, clever and hard to understand math in in their <laughs> songwriting. Yeah. <laughs> like what's there to like? I mean there are I know okay, but I want to hear you uh, uh,
1: break it down like what what is the appeal the, like this mass market appeal of this band? Yeah, I think it's a good topic. maybe the most interesting topic in 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 the context of tool like how, how could this happen because they are a bit annoying. is it like an annoying band what you listed <laughs> there you know yeah. it's easy to be a little bit like ah, fuck, fuck these guys, to be frank, you know and that's maybe why I couldn't get into it at the first either. Because you get this uh, mm-hmm. from above uh, type vibe. Like, we're smarter than our listeners. Uh, but uh, <sighs> the reason they are so big is probably because they're very good and started fairly early. And they were a little bit ahead of their time, which is super important. I know great bands that have started, but just a bit too late, you know, five years too late. And they're playing yeah. groove, groove metal, great groove metal, but they start in 99 or 2000. And it's already after, uh, you know, Pantera Hour. Lamb of God, even. So I think two right on time, and they were old enough when they started, so they had a plan, in a sense, like Tobias Forge in Ghost. Like, they were already around 30, maybe a little bit less, but uh, quite old for what they did. And Maynard said uh, that, let's do this right. Like, okay, we can put together a rock band, but we're not going to fuck it up. We're going to do it right. I think it's well-planned, well-executed, in time and that's, that will be my three main main arguments for yeah. why they are so big. Uh,
0: but w- one thing,
1: uh, I mean, it's
0: right at the time of new metal, right? Sure. Uh, it, it's very like the they're heavy um uh drop d riffs, riffage. Yeah. It, uh, it, it, re- it resembles uh new metal. I think I think it's like if you're a new metal fan uh and you kind of want to go for something more deep than you go to two. I mean, that's pretty sure. logical, now. And I think it's okay that you try something. I uh, mean, <laughs> a bit with a tougher bite than maybe limp biscuit. Uh, sure. Um, yeah. But
1: I mean, it's it, an interesting. Did point. they?
0: Is this is this the same fans? You know, like uh, is this the f- same fans they had? You know, like uh, and that kind of maybe also have this. No, uh, okay, this is kind of going to sound harsh, but, and I, do, I don't count you to be one of these fans, but if you're a new metal fan and you kind of upgraded to Tool, you become very uh, protective of that band because they are, you know, like, uh, you kind of feel that they are there for you because you kind of discovered them and they are like, you
1: know, more interesting than what you were when you were a kid listening to whatever. Yeah. Uh, they're like your golden, your golden ticket, your ticket out of being like mundane or or too. Uh, exactly. Clear. So I think there's that way to get
0: into the band, and then you, I think, you become really a fanboy if you're coming from that uh, uh, direction or uh, yeah. hailing from the, yeah.
1: more, that like, genre, uh, that genre jump, maybe you know. Good good point and I think they must have been catapulted, catapulted catapulted, catapulted. <laughs> they must have been catapulted <laughs> is that a word like uh, elevated sure. or yeah, sent yeah, no, off by sure. by the new metal movement for sure like that Came was their shade plat- they must have been their platform you know and they did clever mm. things like put Meshuga as a f- um, uh, opening act where before Meshuga were hitting it huge so they were kind of you know exporting a really cool uh, exotic swedish uh, extreme mm. metal band as their opener which, you know, I think more bands should be more mindful who they put in the opening slot. Because I've seen so many really crappy combinations happen. Like, our random combinations in Gaining for Riffs, <laughs> completely random, are usually better <laughs> than, than a lot of Bills I've seen. <laughs> really. So, I mean, I think that's another thing they did well. And just, you know, probably having a grasp on things and knowing what they are. And maybe even knowing yeah. that we're part of this new metal culture. Because they yeah, are not. I mean, okay, the- uh, yeah, continue.
0: Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, I mean the the man album, as I call it, Undertow, uh, with the Spider-Man symbol on it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, uh, it came out in '93. Of course, it, it can be a bit a bit early for new metal, but I think that you know then they were fairly small. But I mean, when as they grew, they grew in the same era. I mean, I think that's important. And I, I you know, I I don't. I, I'm not a huge fan of new metal. I, actually, I I hate most of it. But yeah. I really listened to the band that influenced it, you know, Fate No More, sure. uh, Melvin's for sure, and uh, Tool, you yeah. know, like this, uh, the bands that uh, Limp Bizkit's guitarist, uh, what's he called? I mean, he's pretty good, right? He's very good, um, uh, West Borland. Yeah, I mean, he, he loved that stuff, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, it was influenced, but then, yeah, I mean they were on the same, you know, touring schedule. Like all these this, these festivals, I probably uh, Tool w- weren't even headlining it, but they were, you know, playing the same festival for the same fans.
1: And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, yeah. you got a good point there. And for me, it was it's really like the kind of movement that is intruding on my favorite music, which is this 80s metal, right? Spandex metal is is what I like the most. I like a lot of music, but it's still my favorite. And this is kind of you know it's part of that grunge movement. Let's let's. Let's strip it down to basics. Uh, let's not have any dragons in the back line, you know, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, that's maybe why I couldn't get into it at first. It's not really like they're not uh, tailored for me at all. But uh, when this happens and you start liking a band that are not marketed towards you in any way, at least for me, then I, I kind of give them a timeless quality. Like, uh, even though they were aiming for something that I'm not really biting on. I still uh, yeah. find my way into it, then it must be pretty good
0: uh yeah I mean, it is good i'm I'm not uh arguing that but I'm like I think people have different uh views on what makes them good uh yeah and also maybe even like you could like them for the same reasons you know like they have uh, good lyrics it's, uh, interesting compositions and heavy riffs. But you still have come from different places. And that's slightly gonna alter your idea, and maybe how much you uh, revere them, yeah. and uh, and also why you're a super fan. I mean, I, I would now after hearing you're buying this expensive <laughs> uh, or maybe kind of cheap television. Uh, yeah. Can you can you look at something other than the? Video on it, or could you,
1: could you do that? Or I mean, how by, does it work? By now, I'm happy that I uh, that I own half of this. I'm not feeling like it's a burden on, on my collection at all. Like I feel it's, it's yeah, a nice no. collect, collectible. But uh, and also, I listen to the album on the actual CD sometimes because it's so well produced. Okay. So you can hear a difference from Spotify to a CD. But uh, that aside, uh, I mean, no, I don't know. It, it was cool. It was cool to look at it in the dark while listening to the album for the first time. And see this, but it's, it's, yeah, a, yeah, it's, yeah. A gimmick, it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick. It's, yeah. you well, it, do you get the, if you buy the LP? Do you get a bigger screen? Than, <laughs> no, I, they're not an LP band. Also for me, It Tool feels like something. I yeah, this a
0: is 90s style. You know, like yeah. fuck uh,
1: vinyl. That's a exactly. CD. That's exactly cool. or mini disc. Well, it's a kind of mini disc. That'd band. be cool. Yeah, mini disc version. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, to, to get into the, the the riffing of Adam Jones a little bit, he he yeah. he works within uh, Drop D. Usually, like uh, mm-hmm. typical for the time, right? And, and a lot of these very normal uh, notes, like the, 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 the lateralis riff, nothing is dissonant. Everything is within a D minor, uh, clearly. And also, yeah. not even complete D minor, not even using the whole scale, more of a blues type approach. And he likes to do a lot of this um, kind of pull offy riffs, like. Mm-hmm. Which sounds more like percussion or drums, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I like um, uh, those those types of riffs. They often come in uh, in the in the verse, uh, but also like kind of later in the song where they kind of build up the amp up the expectation for. There's sometimes really crushing uh, choruses. Yeah, I mean that's basically just uh, often often just a, a, a single chord, maybe a. Two chords or
1: something like, very simple, right? Yeah, yeah usually minimalistic. Um, yeah, and large. They have this largeness or so greatness to them, and in, in they, they expand in size and then maybe contract back in size. Uh, really working with the dynamics. That's another point that I didn't like have ready when I, when I was uh, trying to explain why they're so big. That uh, they really have a grasp of dynamics, and that cannot be said about many new metal bands, right? A lot of new metal bands had this full-on, you know, everything on 100 completely maximized and then a clean part and then back to maximize, you know, like a two step, exactly. a two step dynamic. And exactly. we will have buildups, uh, releases and uh, yeah, it's, it's more happening in the music. I would say.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's uh, good to go into uh, that. We went into this, like what, what makes, uh, what makes them actually popular. Like, yeah. they, we could, and I think it's like if you if you compare them to uh, it's an unfair comparison maybe but uh, if you compare them to uh, Uncle Acid you know they're uh, s- you know moderate success I mean it's it's they can live I uh, can probably live on their music but it's on a different level and it's way easier to understand their appeal you know they appeal to the same it's the same type of long haired Gothenburg gö- type rocker inner in Hamnen. you know it's not yeah. In the Hamnen, Graveyard, yeah. uh, Horizont. It's not hard to understand it. Uh, it's easy to understand. But with, with the twist, with the, the riffs being a tad bit cooler than the next guys, yeah. and also uh, a clever use of vocals, and uh, also scenography, and maybe uh, the, the themes of the albums. Yeah. But then the Tool is so more, so much more complex. Uh, why people like them. Yeah. And uh, what, what could we... Uh, uh, another artist, I mean Björk maybe,
1: you know. Something like that could be Björk of metal or because Björk is huge and, and strange as well and uh, definitely pretentious and art, arty. But I think yeah. th- this happens often when we do this show but now I feel a connection <laughs> between Uncle Acid and Tool. <laughs> you know, This is, this is just yeah, how okay. it happens. But I feel like when you, when you were listening this I was thinking like uh, they have a similar uh, sense of actually having a grasp and control over what they're doing. Uh, you know, not just hopping onto a trend, but actually, like, how can we yeah. do this? Like, what's our uh, way? What's our way of doing this sound? I feel like both yeah, bands for have. Sure, it. For sure. For uh, sure. I think Tool is
0: also consequent with um, uh, following their sound uh, through their discography, which is quite small, you know, is it five albums or is it... Yeah, uh, five albums. Uh, yeah, and then, I mean, maybe for, for some, the latest wasn't that interesting, but then, uh, before that, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, Do it, doing a good, or at least the three first one. I don't know if I listened so much to 10,000 Days, but... Uh, yeah, this is my Undertow, least favorite. Undertow, Enema, and lateralis really good. A, a must-have a must in any uh, CD collection. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so, and I think Ten Thousand Days is my least favorite, but I still dig it. I think if you put like uh, pull out songs from there, they're as good or mm-hmm. even better than songs on Lateralis or or um, Undertow or Enema. But uh, if you listen to it as a whole, I feel that the album is not really an album; it's more a collection of songs. Uh, so that's why it's my least favorite of them. But they surely have kept like a high bar of quality. And again, I think it's because they know actually know what they're doing. You know, they're not imitating anyone. <laughs> fucking riff yeah no, I'm pretty much uh, sat- satisfied with with this uh, with this little uh, jump into tool and uh, it was fun because I knew that you had some kind of appreciation for them but it's not uh, definitely as I as I like to call it uh, not an Ulle band per se and actually I not do even own two of their albums you know two Who of their albums CD on CD yeah it's pretty cool yeah. uh, I mean it's actually not even a Unis band you know it's not my kind of, of music really but uh, yeah. quality speaks for itself I think I'm just going to have to say that. And uh, another song that I would have liked to feature, but I didn't um, teach myself before, is uh, Sober from um, um, from the Spider-Man album <laughs> uh, from Undertale oh, yeah. And uh, that has this Judas Priest sounding riff like uh, as a main riff, as a main hook. And uh, that was also, for me, uh, one of the songs that made me, I guess, uh, made me more prone to uh, give Tool a bit of time. Know, they need a little bit of time to get into them, uh, I think, because on the surface it might just be a Drop D '90s metal band from the states. Yeah, so that's about Definitely. it. I like this combination. Yeah, good combination. These two bands.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, a bit uh, unexpected, but uh, maybe, not. maybe not. Maybe not. Sometimes I go, I go back and I look at our uh, our choices. And <laughs> it's like I, I try to. See if I could have guessed any of your choices. No, (laughs) it's impossible. (laughs) It's really nice, and that's nice. It speaks for the future of this podcast, uh, which I uh, will hope you, dear listener, will return to. But not after, uh, not before. Jonathan has
1: played the lateralis riff one more time, please, maestro. That's it. That's it. Tell your friends if um, you know anyone that might be interested in this type of show, because we will be continuing and delivering these episodes every Wednesday. So I'm sure there are more people out there that could benefit from listening. And with that said, I'm signing out.